0: This is the Spirited Talk podcast. Conversations and much more about connecting with our friends and lost ones in the spirit world. And now, here's your host, Trevor.
1: My guest today brings a new aspect to our work with the spirit world. She's a lady with northern roots who commands huge respect for her work with spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, my very special guest is Miss Maureen Mernon, CSNU. And welcome back to the remaining part of Maureen Murnan's story. She's with us still. Loads of exciting stuff. Nice to see you again, Maureen. How are you?
2: Thank you very much, Trevor. I'm fine.
1: Now, we are going to be recording a podcast tomorrow. It's about the subject that we're going to just spend a few moments on now. I am so excited about this. Tell us about how you become to understand or how you become involved in the shamanic way of things.
2: I think it stems back really to my interest in Native American. Culture and spirituality, because I've had a very, very close connection with the Native American Indians over a period of about 15 years. I used to go over there every year and take a group of people to stay on the reservations with the Cherokee people, and uh, particularly over the last 12 years with the Lakota people in North and South Dakota. Now, I've always been drawn to the North American Indians always I love their spirituality I love their naturalness because they are very very aware of a lot of earth energies that in the western world we've begun to dismiss you know we've just put it aside but it's a part of our earthly walk our journey and I've been very fortunate to be invited by Cherokee Elders to be in a healing TP where we've smoked the pipe, we've prayed and we've done healing for people who needed healing. So I, became, it was kind of all fitting in with this, I'm not going to use the word mediumship development. I want to say spiritual development because it's not always necessarily on the same track, you know. It's about soul development. That's to me what true spirit is. It's about soul development. So my love and passion with the North American Indians and many still my friends today led me to come home and start to take a greater interest in shamanism. And like many people, I read books and books and books and books on contemporary shamanism. And to be honest with you, a lot of it just kind of went right over my head. And I thought, This is not what I want. This is not what I'm looking for. And I was kept walking away from it, but I kept being drawn back to it. Celtic shamanism, tribal shamanism around the world. Until one day I was meditating and suddenly the spirit world said to me, just do it your way. Shamanic is about your path. You follow your own way. Do it yours. And that's where it all Began. And I say it to every group, every shamanic group I do. My work is not to make anyone a shaman because I don't think we have the right to do that. Shamans are born to it or they're selected by the people or by God or by some other great feat that they can do. And to be honest with you, it's just a label anyway. We all have shamanic energy within us because if you go back to every living person in childhood years, we had a connection with nature. We all loved nature. We, we were part of nature in childhood years. Even our DNA goes back to tribal energies. So I work on the personal shamanic path. Now, the reason I do that is, as a medium of longstanding at the college, because I've worked now at the Arthur Finley College for over 27 years, I've been going to the college for over 30 something years. We work a lot on, we bring people in who are strangers and we work a lot with developing their mediumistic gifts. We teach them how to communicate with spirits of the invisible world, but we never teach them how to communicate with spirits of our living world. We live in a spiritual world. Everything out there has a spirit. That's what shamanism believes. Every living thing, every animal, however small, however tiny, however large, they have a soul, they have a spirit, and we are just one part of all of that. So if we can't communicate with spirits in the world in which we are living, How do we think we can communicate with spirits from someone else's family who are in the invisible world? By bringing it all together, by being aware of spirits in both worlds, not only do we learn better of who we are, what we came here to do, why we have these passions and this drawing towards certain things. Now I understand why I was always drawn towards the Native American Indian to their culture and their spirituality, because I think it came with me into this world. Even if I go back to when I was born, my mother, a little woman from north of England, from Lancashire, she'd never been outside of England. I think maybe once to Ireland when she was 18. So she knew nothing about Native American Indians other than she would have seen on a film with John Wayne or something. But she said, she used to tell me when I was little, that when I was born, she said to the nurse, Have you given me the right baby? And the nurse said, Yes, of course we have. Why? And she said to me, My skin was red. She said, You were red. Or she said, You had black hair with a fringe, and then it came down to here. And she said to the nurse, But she looks like she belongs in a papoose on someone's back. A prophetic was that, that. All those years later, my mother never knew that I had such a close connection with the North American Indians and still do today. So I think it's within us. And when you discover within your shamanic path that there's a reason why you're drawn to certain parts of the world, to certain cultures, to certain traditions, that things in the living world matter to you, then you begin to realize, actually, I've always been on a shamanic path. I've always been aware of the spirits of my living world. I just didn't
1: know what it was called. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because uh, a couple of nights ago, I was talking with your friend Lynn Cottrell, and I wasn't sure what shamanism is. I, I sort of roughly know. And I have to read you this quote because Lynn texted this back and it went like this. We are all shamanic. That's my belief. A shaman is someone who walks between worlds with one foot in each. Show respect and understanding for life in all forms. Is that fair? Do you think she's right in saying it
2: that way? Absolutely, because Lynn's learned about shamanics from me because she, she works on all my shamanic weeks. So, um she's become very, very I mean, there was a time where she wasn't as interested as she is now, but as time has gone on, we've had some wonderful experiences, and she's really now begin as, as she now understands what shamanic is. It's not about getting you to use the label shaman because the Native American Indians say anyone who has to introduce themselves as "I am a shaman," they said they are like plastic shamans. If there's that shamanic energy with you. You don't need to say it. People will see it and they will feel it and they will gain respect to you because of it. Because I walked in a field, well, I've walked many places with various shamans. And on one particular day, one guy said to me, we stopped in the middle of a field knee deep. We were in weeds. And he said to me, tell me, he said, what do you see here? And I looked around and I said to him, a pharmacist. He said, that's good. He said, some people will see medicine, others will only see weeds. That's fascinating.
1: Look, I want to learn a lot more about shamanic ways and beliefs. If any of the listeners are interested in finding more about uh, the shamanic things, you need to look up Maureen Mernon's pod podcast and take a listen to that. And one of your passions is that you teach students about creative mediumship. Now, that got me thinking, What exactly does this entail?
2: We work on the principle that creativity is an expression of the soul. That's where true creativity comes from. Whether you can draw a face like Linda's, or you understand colour, colour is creative, or you can stand up and you are inspired by words. Look how many poets, painters, musicians, have been inspired by something they've seen or touched or felt in the living world. And it's inspired them so much they've created master uh, projects that have lasted through time and are still as pertinent today as they were way back then. So creativity is a way in allowing the soul's development to express itself. That doesn't mean you have to be an artist. That means you take whatever creative energies are a part of your soul development and you learn to express them in this world and not hide them, to use them as, again, another tool in your toolbox of mediumistic development. As you said yourself, anything we can develop and give to the spirit world as a means of breaking down the barriers of communication and getting things across more clearly has got to be a good thing.
1: Spirited Talk and the Podcast Playlist are free podcasts. If you would like to make a financial contribution to the project... Please visit our patron page at spiritedtalkpodcast.com and spiritedtalkpodcast is all one word. Thank you.
2: Hi, my name is Shelley Yule. I'm a spiritualist medium and spirit artist. Come and join us on the spirited podcast community. It's a wonderful family. Hello,
1: I'm Neil Bradley, and I'm a spiritual medium, and I listen to spirited talk podcasts while I'm driving to work.
2: Hi, Gail Bittner here. I'm a spirit medium. If I had to say just one word to anyone wanting to explore their potential, it would be trust. You're listening to the spirited talk podcast. Subscribe now to be part of the growing community. Go on, your spirit knows it's right.
1: And I would imagine one of your um, courses at the AFC, Arthur Finley College, covering this creativity mediumship, I would imagine that would be quite good fun.
2: It is. We have lots of fun doing that. And lots of people come and say that, you know, I can't draw anything. I can't. I'm no good at drawing. I say, well, you don't have to draw. You know, creativity doesn't mean to say you're an artist. Creativity means to say you're a living soul with sensitivity within you that will find a way of learning how to express it so that it's more freely available for you in your work.
1: If you go to the college on a mediumship course and you've got somebody like Paul Jacobs or somebody that it's going to be somewhat rigid. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that and that allows you or makes you very nervous makes you disappointed with your own expectations where you're saying that in a course or you you're given the impression in a course of your type of mediumship people can relax they can express they can find what's within them and it doesn't matter and during that relaxation during that non-tense period of the learning they're probably going to give more and find
2: more. Absolutely. You see, there are so many different doors to the spirit, to spiritual communication. And we're limiting ourselves and we're limiting the spirit world if we only use two or three of them. We've got to learn to open all of these doors. All the things that we are working with, whether it be music, colour, art, modelling, people doing these woodworkers, okay, many... People have worked with wood all their lives. They can take something from the forest, an old man, with no training whatsoever, and can create something beautiful with it. You know, it's all a part of our natural world. And this is what this creative power, this divine power that we call God has placed around us. And it's not just to look at it, it's for us to use it.
1: Is this in a line with experimental mediumship? I think I read somewhere that you.
2: Yes, we, you can put it into experimental mediumship because it can come into lit- literally every aspect of mediumship. Uh, I mean, even though you mentioned Paul Jacobs, Paul works a lot with colour. He has a good feel and understanding of colour. And I know he uses it on some of his weeks because I've been on them.
1: And I did a, a little online course a few weeks mm-hmm. ago with yeah. Paul and I learned tremendous amount. So, yeah, yeah. about colour. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Are you worried about the lack of philosophy that's being generally taught in the spiritualist movement?
2: I'm not worried about the lack of it because, thankfully, um, it's coming back. I think that maybe we can take responsibility for the fact that it wasn't pushed more in, um, in some parts of this last couple of decades. Because if you sit and listen to someone like Jean Bassett, the late Jean Bassett, listen to some of her philosophy. It was so deep, so moving, and it used to just come from no... Well, of course, it came from somewhere, but it, ju- it just came. She had no script. She didn't think about it beforehand. She just allowed the soul to speak, to express it. But it held you in the palm of her hand.
1: Minister Jean Bassett, FSNU, talking in May 2002.
0: Swedenborg was the first one to actually rec- to record that. That man does not change dramatically when he dies. So you've got to think of it in that way. You've got to recognize that when you do first go, you retain your earth memories. You retain what you are. You retain even your shape to some degree. how long? I don't know. I don't believe that anybody knows. We contact the first, first level of the world in spirit. All those people that tell you they've got links with the higher guides and the higher spheres, forget those three (laughs) powers. Their imagination is greater than their knowledge. All those people that tell you that Jesus can come back and talk on earth, forget it. If he hasn't gone beyond that, then he wasn't much of a spirit. And I believe that he was a great spirit, a great prophet. And so you see, you've got to use your common sense. In spiritualism, if you don't use your common sense, if you float with the angels and forget to keep your feet on the ground, then you've got problems. You've got problems because you're not only unbelievable, but you cannot even truly substantiate what you think you believe yourself. You might just as well belong to any one of the ancient religions that has superstition and dogma and creed to stand by. You might as well not come into this century, because you belong in the last one. And I don't believe that spiritualism does belong in the last one. I believe that it must change. That people must change it. It will not change by itself. Spirit have brought a great message to us. They've brought a great truth to us. But we are the ones that have to pick that message up.
2: You can offer all
0: you want. You can put food on the table to the people. But you can only put the food on the table to the people. They are the ones that must actually pick it up and use it for their own good. Spirit can offer us all they want in the way of guidance and wisdom, but we are the ones that have to pick it up, use it, interpret it, make it usable in this century and here on earth, because this is where it is needed.
2: It was like you hardly didn't take a breath until she'd finished speaking because you were afraid you'd miss something. And it didn't stay with you to the duration of just that experience, that demonstration. It stayed with you for weeks and weeks and weeks afterwards. And that's what philosophy does. Thankfully, we're encouraging the philosophy to come back again. Because again, the philosophy, the inspiration is the soul's expression. When we allow our words to come from here, and not just from here, then what we're doing is we're expressing our particular passion for the way we feel about life. And that passion can be almost like a whisper of a breeze of healing for someone who's sitting there listening, thinking, that makes me feel better. I understand that. That's how I feel but I've just never been able to say those words myself.
1: It's funny. I was thinking while you were doing that, how many year, many years ago I used to go to church with a, a small notepad and pencil in my pocket and I took more note during the philosophical part than the mediumship, which usually was not anywhere near as good as the philosoph- philosophical side. I hmm.
2: completely understand that.
1: Now, I know we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, um, but let's just have a look at this again. Have you been surprised by how the spiritual movement us you know working with spirit how we've embraced this lockdown era and have adapted to online work and i say that because so many people would have said before this oh i can only work face to face oh energy you can't work over the screens etc but have you been surprised by the developments
2: Not at all because for a long time i've done Uh, telephone sittings, Skype sittings, written letter sittings. And that is the same principle of you're not in the same room. The spirit world are very intelligent, you know. Uh, Lynn and I did a demonstration two nights ago, two nights ago. uh, We did a trance art demonstration on Zoom. Now, the lady who was being host, running it for us, was in one home in in one part of, of England. Lynn was in her house in Northamptonshire, and I was in my house in Cornwall. Those energies worked perfectly. The spirit world didn't need to have us together because it's not our physical bodies they're using, it's our mind, our soul, our spiritual energies they're using. And that is not refined by distance or or time. So it's not surprised me. In fact, I think it might be a good thing in one way, because what it will do is open the door a lot more for people who can't afford to come to the college. If this carries on and we continue offering some courses via Zoom, then what we're doing is we're we're embracing bringing into the fold those who can't travel or don't have the funding to be able to come to the college for a week. Now, you will get a lot of students and we already have who said they they prefer to be at the college because they like the ambience and the atmosphere of the college, and I can understand that. But I think once we all get used to this idea that we can still be a family, we can still be a group together online, doing it by Zoom, I think it's just got to be a new way of looking at things. And I certainly think it's been a new opportunity for the spirit world to be able to show what, they're, what they are capable of doing.
1: Now, you mentioned the college. I presume that for the rest of this year, your courses and any courses must be cancelled.
2: All cancelled, yes, absolutely. So I definitely think it's going to be even maybe spring next year before they really start to open because the latest lockdown restrictions are going to take us through to at least February, aren't they?
1: Mm, Absolutely.
2: And you see, we depend a lot on overseas students at the college now they have their own restrictions. You know, they're not going to want to come to the college for a week and then find they've got to isolate for two weeks, you know. So I think it's going to be even next year, I think we're going to have this ripple effect of difficulties where the college is concerned.
1: As you mentioned, you've embraced the technology. So are the listeners able to find you online with any courses?
2: Yes, I on my Facebook page, especially um, if they want anything to do with shamanism, I have the Back to Basic Shamanism, page. that's a closed group uh, where people ask if they can join and I give them permission to join it. There it puts on anything we're doing shamanically. And then I've got my normal Facebook page just under my own name that, that is public, that I do put a few things on that as well.
1: Very good. Thank you very much for that. I'll make sure that information is available to our listeners, but that'll be the listeners that come and join our Facebook group We have a group online called Spirited Talk Podcast Community and there's a few hundred people that are there. Come and join us. We have all the guests join that group. So if you've got questions you want to put to Maureen or any of the previous guests, come along there. That's the perfect place to come meet other people of the same mind and talk to Maureen even more. So Maureen, we're bringing this episode to an end. And I would like to thank you very, very much for your inspiration and your kind words and education that I've got from you today. Thank you. you. And that brings another episode of Spirited Talk to a close. A reminder that there are many ways you can support these podcasts into the future. Start right now by subscribing to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on right now. You are also welcome to join our Facebook podcast community group where hundreds of listeners and the guests come together to be part of Spirited Talk. If you'd like to contribute financially from as little as £5 per month, you can become a partner and access exclusive content and know that you're helping to keep this valuable information source going into the future. You can find out more about this and much more on our website at spiritedtalkpodcast.com. A huge thank you to my partners and to my guests today. From me, Trevor, thank
0: you again and goodbye.